You're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. Now, here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. Hello, and welcome to Self-Publishing Journeys, episode number 79, for Monday, the 4th of September, 2017. My guest today is Emily Burnett, an author, journalist, and award-winning blogger. Emily writes contemporary fiction. Her titles include the blog-to-book retail comedy, Shop Girl Diaries, the quirky romantic comedy, The Temp, and a novel about social media addiction called Hashtag Please Retweet. Her latest novel, The Hen Party, is a fun, fast-paced reality TV saga set on the island of Mallorca. Tired at the lack of support that she was given with her traditionally published books, Emily decided to go it alone with The Hen Party. I started by asking Emily to tell me a little bit more about her background. I studied English uh, and creative writing at the University of East Anglia. So I moved from Spain to England to do that. But I dropped out and ended up working my parents' chandelier shop for uh, about five years. And while I was doing that, I trained, um, I studied journalism. So I suppose you'd say I studied journalism, <laughs> but I've done lots of odd jobs along the way. We've got to talk about this chandelier shop because that's fascinating. Now, so um, I, I get confused about who lives where and who's from where. So are you, are you English or Spanish? You no, know, this is the questions I ask myself as well. Um, and I'm both. I consider myself both, I guess. Um, my dad's Spanish. My mum's Welsh. I was born in London, Greenwich, and moved to Spain, to Barcelona when I was 13 and stayed there till the end of school. Was very happy there. Didn't plan to move back. But my English teacher was the one that I know there's opportunities in England go back. So uh, I've lived most of my life in London with that big chunk in Spain and uh, but I always kind of wanted to come back and yeah so I've been in Mallorca two years. Yeah I, I think when you're half half something you're you're kind of both and neither so the Spanish people think you're English or the English people think you're a bit Spanish so I don't know. <laughs> Identity crisis. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, frankly, does it? It doesn't really matter at all. Um, no, global citizen. Exactly. And, and so, where was, so where was the chandelier shop? And what, what do you do in the uh, chandelier shop? Well, the chandelier shop is in southeast London. Uh, it's on Towerbridge Road, actually, uh, dodgy end. Uh, it's all up and coming now. But um, so we, it was an independent shop, and it's only just closed for the second time. And I still reckon it would, could open again, knowing my parents. But so we would import um, uh, the frame from Spain, the crystal from well different countries, Egypt, Czech Republic, and we would actually pin these crystals together. So we'd design, customize these chandeliers, uh, and it sounds so lovely, but actually it was just a lot, a lot of manual labor. And I was in that shop. I first started working in that shop when I was about ten on Saturdays, uh, rewiring lamps we brought from Spain. Right, and putting the British plugs on, English plugs on. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I mean, is there a big call for chandeliers? I mean, it, you know, it is quite a unique 
thing to do. Well, this is the problem. People would come in not because they wanted to buy chandeliers, because it was really sparkly and it was very pretty to look at, but you know, not that many people buy chandeliers, so they would just talk and tell us their life stories, which is how I began my blog, actually, um, because it was so many funny things would happen, because we get so many barterers coming in. Oh, we got everyone, you know, the, like, shoplifters, people that would come in and try and sell us things rather than buy, like, chandeliers. Um, so, and I, it was purpose. Like, I was very frustrated, you know. I really wanted to just be a writer, and here I was trying to, like, you know, someone trying to buy a chandelier and knock off a few hundred quid from it, uh, and it was only a few hundred quid to start with. So it was, it was quite, uh, you know, a, a good, lots of life lessons, uh, a lot of <laughs> self-development in, in retail, yeah. So you described yourself there as a writer, but given that you trained in journalism, what kind of a writer did you consider yourself to be? Uh, well, I was... I was uh, always have always been obsessed with writing uh, fiction. Um, I studied journalism because it just seemed like the proper way to study writing rather than, you know, I'd already left English Lit and I didn't really want to deconstruct poems. I, I hated all that, looking for the meaning and things. I just wanted to, you know, learn to write. <laughs> so I, as well as journalism, I also did creative writing courses in Birkbeck. So basically, I mean, I'm in a classic case of, you know, the kid that always wants to write, and I had wrote my first novels and exercise books, and I have one, you know, here with me, and it's like when I was 11, and it was basically a rip-off of the book I like, books I like to read, which were Red Wolf series, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're just about talking mice. So, so you know, I, I just uh, was always writing some little, like my own little novels and stories, and while I was in the shop, um, I was working very hard on this novel that um, for three years uh, and actually what took off ended up being this blog that I wrote about the shop, which was like having a, a weekly column about the crazy chandelier shop I was working in. Now, I know that you had some very early success with uh, Wattpad. Uh, and this was, I think, the, the channel that really... Uh, help to spark things off you. So when you say blogging, you don't, you're not referring to Wattpad, are you? Are you referring to no. actual blog? No, so before Wattpad, I, my first book actually was published off the back of my Shop Girl blog. So I wrote a blog, and, and by then I titled it Shop Girl Blog, I think. <laughs> wow. And uh, I wrote that for uh, maybe I've been writing it for six months, and then I left my link. I, I started, I'm mean, very spammy, I wouldn't do this now. So I followed a lot of publishers on Facebook, and I left my link on uh, Salt Publishing Facebook wall. Who they were doing a lot of short stories. They published a lot of short stories then, back then. Uh, and I said, "Oh, I don't know." I made some excuse for them to look at this link, and they actually did. And so I got this message on Facebook saying, "We like your blog, and we'd love it to, you to turn it into a book." So that's my first book, which was actually called Shop Girl Diaries, off the back of that blog. Um, and lots of other exciting things happened. I also wrote a script uh, for a short film um, that got into the London Short Film Festival. But nothing happened for a long time after that. And the Wattpad experience was in 2012. So that Shop Girl Diary, my first book, was uh, December 2009. So I was then back to writing and, you know, angsty writer trying to write the next novel. And then by 2012, I was so fed up because I thought, you know, I was supposed to, by this point, have an agent and many book deals because I'd managed to publish a novel, uh, but it didn't happen. So in 2012, I 
started, uh, I wrote a novel on Wattpad called Spray Painted Bananas, <laughs> which is a quirky rom-com about how you can be famous for anything if you shout loud enough. Um, and I wrote this, I put like a chapter, and first one chapter and two chapters a week uh, on Wattpad. And um, because I had within the featured section, so I had written to Wattpad saying, look, I will put a whole novel, publish a whole novel for free on your site if you put me in your featured section because that's where the novel's got the most, um, you know, visits. And they said, okay, then. And it was incredible. I don't think I, I mean, it was just an incredible experience because I would put these chapters up and then I would wake up to all these Canadians and Americans going, what happens next? What happens next in your book? And, you know, I didn't always know. I more or less knew how it was going to end, but it really was like writing with cheerleaders behind you. It was, yeah, it's quite moving, actually. Um, and so I ended up getting about half a million visits. I mean, I hadn't even finished the book at this point. And that's when I ended up contacting an agent that someone recommended me. And, you know, it was after all these years trying to get an agent, I got one in a week when I hadn't even finished the book. Uh, and then I got much later, so I had to wait another eight months before I got um, a book deal with Harper Collins Digital Imprint. Harper Impulse, uh, and and um, yeah, and then it all changed. <laughs> okay, well, don't, don't reveal don't reveal the plot line just yet. I won't. <laughs> I, I, I want to dig into the um, Shop Girl Diaries a little bit more, and I want to dig into okay. what had before we move on. If that's all right, so let's start with yeah. Shop Girl Diaries first of all. Now, um, that you said was a short film. Um, so, did you write the screenplay for that? How did that come about? And, and when people hear the word film, they hear ka-ching, and they, they, they picture the notes, you know, you, you rolling yeah. around in banknotes for the money that you've earned. What, what was that like? Because it sounds very glamorous. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, so what happened, I mean, social media well, is incredible. And, you know, in 2008, when it was, 2008, you know, it wasn't, not everyone was on it. So, um, so what happened was, so the book was happened because of a Facebook link. And the film, the short film, I left a link on um, a forum, the South East London SE1 forum. Um, and <laughs> the excuse was our lighting shop was closing down. Now, it has, you know, it, it was closing down for about two years. It was ridiculous. But um, I wrote something like, oh, our lighting, has got, our lighting shop has a big sale, but writing, not lighting, is my passion. Here's my blog link, Okay. And it just so happened that there was a um, TV director living in our area that read it and loved it and said, this would be a really good TV sitcom. So I was so excited, obviously. It sounds so glamorous and exciting. Um, and I had never written a script before. And she was like, oh, can you write a script for it? So, you know, I'm someone who says yes first and worries later. So I was like, yeah, of course, and had no idea what I was doing. Uh, my husband, who uh, studied film, he, he sat me down um, to watch Usual Suspects with the downloaded script, and that was my first introduction to writing a script. Anyway, fast forward um, that she had connections uh, with, um, oh, I can't remember what they called, a production company that I think they did, uh, they worked with the Inbetweeners, they did, uh, worked on the Inbetweeners, so she knew people, and um, once we'd done this, I, she helped me with the script. We did a script. We did a reading at her house with um, a few actors.
actors, and then we filmed this film, the short film. It was basically it was a TV pilot, really. Um, with and we had like Katie Wick from Miranda. We had Annette Badland. Um, we had uh, oh goodness, I can't remember his name from the Inbetweeners. I mean, it was pretty amazing. Wow. And they were all in a chandelier shop doing this script I'd written. But the problem was that's kind of it didn't get picked. I mean, it was you know waiting around editing it. It looked great, but the the, the person from the Inbetweeners that my the director knew, the director was Chloe Thomas. Uh, it wasn't really. It was a bit too sweet for them. Uh, really. It was, you know, quite a cozy comedy. I think they were looking for something a bit, I don't know, a bit more like the in-betweeners, I guess. So nothing actually happened. <laughs> it didn't get picked up. I think I got about, I mean, money, no. I got like 200 quid or something. Um, really? But, really? Hey, is it that little? Is that little? Yeah. Thing? Yeah, because everyone was doing it for the love, really. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of learning, learning curves. But, I'm really glad we did it, um, but my God, it really is a lot of work compared to you know when you write a novel, you can just go sit in a corner and write a novel. You depend on so many people to produce a 12-minute film. My goodness, it was amazing. And then that, Ooh, that, that that book was published by Salt Publishing, and um, what were they? Were they just a small sort of publishing company? They were, but since then they've had one of their writers, uh, they were nominated for the Man Booker, so they've done a lot, you know, they've been doing well. I mean, oh, God, um, but at the time they were very small. It was my first introduction to traditional publishing. I, I mean, I must have got about 7% or something. It was very, very low. Um, but obviously naive me thought, this is it, you know, I've made it. But they did a print run of about, I told them, you know, they want to do 500 books. I was like, no, come on, do, do a thousand at least. <laughs> um, and <laughs> and I, I think I just, I basically sold them because I sold them in my shop and people would come in, if they wanted a light bulb, they got, they went with a bulb and a book because I was not like anyone out of that shop. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I, was, I was more excited about selling books than trying to <laughs> Did you get an advance for that? Oh, my God, no. No, I'm still waiting for an advance from someone. That's why that's, uh, yeah, no, 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 I didn't. No. But uh, th this is why I want to talk to you, because this, this story is really important, because, you know, you know, because you were there, that there's always this perception and there's the reality. And I think why your story is, you know, extremely compelling is because you give a really good impression of, of the reality. Because most authors would say, you know, to be published, I've made it. But in actual fact, yeah. that, that isn't the case all the time, is it? Oh, my God, no. I mean, this has been, I feel like the universe has been telling me, come on, just do it yourself <laughs> since the beginning. But no, it's, it's been a really good, I mean, it was a really good, um, oh God, you learn everything. But but the whole thing was, I think a lot of writers are so, so excited to be published. Like, I was so excited. Um, and I didn't really, I just assumed that it would just sell loads of copies and that would be it. But you actually, you know, you, they, they didn't do any marketing. I mean, it, it went off with a bang because it started well because my um, down the road from the shop was uh, in Bermondsey is the uh, London Fashion and Design Museum, and my uh, mum's cousin or something was doing some work there. So I managed to do this launch in this great venue, and I invited a hundred people. 
And I sold like, I don't know, 70 books and it was thrilling. It was so exciting. But then after the launch, that's it then. There's like, oh, nothing happened. You need to, yeah. So I had to learn that. And um, good job I had a lighting shop to sell the books. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have sold <laughs> so our advice and there was no Kindle either. Our advice no so either. far is to set up a chandelier shop to sell your books. That's, so <laughs> Yeah. It'll have to be a front for something else yeah. though, because you know. <laughs> no, I, but I, you know, I don't want to put down your achievement here because I you know, I, I know we're having a laugh here, but I, I and I know that the results were disappointing for you. But you know, that is a pretty good achievement and, and I think that project I bet you learned a heck of a lot from that project, didn't you? I did. And you know what? I, it led to other things because I, I don't know, like when I think back, I don't think I ever appreciate what I've done. You know, I'm, you're always thinking, oh, God, but I haven't done this. But actually, after this, this book came out, I set up blogging workshops. So I started doing these, these workshops of so telling other writers how to use social media like I had done and, and blogging. And I made more money doing that than, than you know, the book. And that's quite an entrepreneurial little move, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, that you see, now that's really instructive, I think, because I, you know I've often said to people, um, I, I work with a lot of businesses, and I often say to people, it's more scalable and you won't make more cash teaching the skills than you do actually mm. doing the job. Yeah. So, but the problem was, which I would find out kind of later, is that I, I mean, the book, it, yeah, it might not have made me money. I didn't get an advance, but it did open doors because suddenly I was a published author and that meant like I went to do, uh, you know, I got to do talks. I went to different festivals and, you know, so it did, it did help my confidence. Um, but the problem was I was doing these social media talks, but people would then want to buy a book about blogging. They didn't want to buy a book about a shop girl, like selling lights. So that was, um, so that later would influence a few decisions. Um, I don't do social media talks or anything, and there's people that know a lot more than me. But, but yeah, that was – so then I um, – I don't know if I should tell you this now, but I ended up writing my own blogging guidebook, and that was my first – that was my second little self-publishing, my little, you know, wander into the self-publishing world. So I knew no one was going to publish that, but I thought I would just do, like, a, you know, 50-page book, which was, like, my workshops that written down and that was blogging for beginners which i can still see on amazon right now i know i should get i should get it down because it's a bit old now but but you know it sold a few hundred copies i didn't really promote it so it was, it was interesting <laughs> ah but you know the reason why that sells itself and this is why um you hear me probably rant occasionally about mm. about non-fiction yeah. is it sells easier because it's got the word yeah. blogging in it it's got blogging mm. and beginners in there it's all you need and um and you know, yeah. Amazon is a search engine where people search for things they want to buy, not just yeah. the things they're interested in. And so that's why it sells. And this, unfortunately, is the tension between fiction and nonfiction. That nonfiction, you'll always mm. sell something. You've got to try pretty hard, you know, not yeah. to sell nonfiction. I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, as you as you're demonstrating next, I bet it still sells the occasional copy, doesn't it? I bet it still sells. Yeah, but I think they're old now. I think. I mean, I think if I was looking for blogging, I also look and check the date of it. So, um, but it was a little better. I mean, it did like go top of its category for a while. So it was a Amazon bestseller for for five minutes, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the question I have to ask you is: Did you make more out of blogging for beginners? 
that you did out of your, your first uh, book experience, the whole sort of Shop Girl Diaries experience? Um, no, because purely because I was selling the books, I was getting a bigger profit because I would buy the paperbacks of Shop Girl Diaries um, myself and then I would sell them at quite a good profit in the shop. Right. But it was purely because I had this shop. You know, I wouldn't have, because it wasn't an ebook. So, um, so, but you know, probably, probably, probably similar actually. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, because I had the shop, I managed to sell quite a lot. And, you know, I was making at least four quid a book. Yeah, that, that, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's a nice number if you sell yeah. them in the shop. Okay, so let's yeah. move on from that then to Wattpad. Now, again, um, I think you were a pretty early adopter with Wattpad because I know when I when I tried Wattpad a year or two ago, I just dumped the whole story on there and thought, well, let's see what happens. And, yeah. um, and nothing happened. You know, the old bit of tumbleweed yeah. went by and, uh, <laughs> and it felt like there was nobody there. Or I, you know, I was too late for the party and finished 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like to me when I went to Wattpad. <laughs> It sounds like you were there when it was. Um, well, I, I know it is still very buoyant for some people, but it but sounds- did you did you put your book? Was it in the featured section? Because I think that was the massive key was that I had contacted them and say, "Look, I'm a published author. You don't, they didn't know how many I'd sold. Like, I'm a published author. Can you put it in the featured section? And I think you could put anything in the featured section, and people would be looking at it. You know." But also, I mean, no, I'm not going to undermine my book. It's, I, I really like my book. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I haven't put anything on since, though, really. But um, because it was in the feature section, it got a lot of, lot of views. Right. So that's the top tip. Then go for the featured section. No, I, I, and the other thing I did with mine, Emily, is I, I just plonked it on there. You know, just the whole thing. Right. Went, went on. <laughs> so uh, it was. Only, I was only. It was because it was dystopian sci-fi. Uh, I don't think it's ever been read by a teenager in its life. I think it's just been read by by adults. Uh, you put the I, whole thing on. Yeah, I just put it on there just to see what happens. Yeah, so that's yeah, it. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think I don't know what quite how well. I think I had a great cover um, at the time. <laughs> I think. I mean, spray painted bananas. It's quite random. People can resist having a look. Corner was that about? Um, so yeah. <laughs> going to ask me questions about that or should I launch into that one goodness no that's fine so I mean the, the other thing is is that you renamed it didn't you so it got renamed as the temp that one I think is that oh, right oh um, my heart is still broken over there <laughs> 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 this is one of the most painful lessons um, of all for me um, I, I really do regret it and um, uh, so what happened was again you know uh, I had this book. It, you know, it's got like two million views now. I mean, obviously the views between the chapters, it like each chapter views add up, whatever. But it's still a lot of people have read this book and as spray painted bananas. And um, I love. I mean, I really think it kind of <laughs> represents the kind of person I am. I love absurd comedies. I love. I love rom coms, but I like it to be a bit, you know, of a twist, uh, quirky. And um, so when, but when I got this deal with uh, Harper Impulse, um, you know, they're, they're part of Harper Collins. It was that thing of, oh my God, I have done it. This is it. These are the big people. My dreams have all come true. I'm going to be a best-selling author. The end, right? And they, I went for a meeting with them and they're like, you know what? We hate your title. You know, I, they're like, they, we hate your title. 
And I was like, my brain was like, oh, my God, you know, I have to, you know, what does that mean they don't want to publish it? I'll do anything, you know, like kind of thing. And then this title came up at some do with like Harper Impulse authors in a pub after a few wines. And she was like, and I was like, what about the temp? You know, it just, I don't know. And she was like, yeah, temp. The temp, let's do that. The temp. So this title just, just came out of nowhere. Um, suddenly my banana, which was covered in paint and I had a little sign at the bottom. I mean, it said Cenepaum, whatever it was in French. Like it was supposed to be a joke on the Greek. Cenepaum banana. Um, it got changed to this girl, uh, who is grumpily, well, very sultry, um, at a desk and it's got a lot of pink in it. And, um, and, uh, it was really stupid because, you know, there were all these people that knew about spray-painted bananas that wanted a, what were telling me. They wanted a paperback of spray-painted bananas. When was it going to come out? And then a book with a completely different title, different look, came out, and, and no one had heard of it, and it didn't do very well, really. I mean, God, it's painful. But um, I'm actually trying to get my rights back now, <laughs> but it's part. Well, let, let's delve into that a little bit more then. So, um, you know, just the mere mention of Harper Collins just brings me out in a sweat. You know, anything with just the word Harper in it is exciting. Uh, you know, so, yeah. so I can, you know, I can, I can picture how close you felt you were to the dream. What, what, what was the money? Did you get advanced? What was the deal with, with that? <laughs> no, I didn't get advanced. And I recently, I don't know if you heard, um, uh, on the Creative Pen podcast, I think it was Sean, Sean Black is his name. I don't know, someone was saying there, if you're an author and you take a deal without an advance, like a digital deal without an advance, you're an idiot. <laughs> yes, I heard and that. I was, I was pushing out thinking, damn, I was the idiot. <laughs> I mean, I was a complete idiot because they, um, they did do a paperback in the end, but I mean, it, but, but you know, whatever, like, are you, you gotta, you gotta move on, but, um, well, I haven't moved on, but, but I, I not, I was a little bit bitter. <laughs> but then I had a two book deal, right? So I was like, well, okay, this one, never mind. That one died. Let's try the next one. Um, and I think I wrote a pretty, I'm really pleased with my next book, which is called, um, Please Retweet. Now, after all my experiences of things happening on social media, this is a comedy about how we're all addicted to social media. And it's someone who looks after celebrities' Twitter accounts and she's their voice. And, and it's just a complete joke about it. And I, you know, I, I'm very proud of the book. The same thing happened. It was like I didn't get an advance um, either. <laughs> uh, they did. They, they got this, put it together, got it out there. I mean, this all takes a lot, a lot of time, obviously, lots of months and months and months of waiting around. Um, and then it's only go anywhere you know it didn't I didn't have massive sales I didn't know how many I was selling because I think that's a big difference when you're a traditional republish you haven't got a clue it's what you're selling I mean it's not like in the light shop when you're like woohoo I sold a chandelier this is like have I sold one I don't know um and so uh but but now that I look at this book please repeat I really feel like the cover looks like a non-fiction book and the cover is, is definitely not right, but um, not much I can do. Um, I have been waiting for 
about six months for them to, because they, they, they said, oh, we're going to give you some new covers. Don't worry, don't worry, because I asked for my rights back. Um, but that was like six months ago. Uh, <laughs> so it's a very slow situation. So talk, talk me through that then. When you have a publishing deal like this, how long do you sign your rights away for? Well, I uh, I don't remember what I did, but like I now have found out that um, I can get my, I think it's, I don't know, it's like three years, but um, I have to not have sold a book in a year. Now, it's quite hard not to sell even one download on a Kindle. <laughs> not one. So um, we're looking into it now, but um, yeah, it's been an amazingly low, massive learning curve. And I was quite—I mean, when I'm going to talk about a new book now, but like, I got very—I was very frustrated and very bitter, I think. And I, I might sound it now, but I'm not now because I am just going to see it as what not to do next time. <laughs> Are you able to give us an indication of how much? Or, you know, a ballpark figure of what kind of money you made from those books, that deal? Um, uh, under, under, under a grand, definitely. From, from both of them? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think so. Wow. That's, Shocking, eh? That, but no, it's just, it's, I mean, I think it's, it's just really informative because I'm one of those people that would look at something with Harper in it. You know, I don't, I don't care what it says after it. And, uh, and say that's astonishing. You must be doing incredibly well from that. Uh, you know, what massive yeah. validation. I'm, I'm quite shocked at that, at how little that yeah. is. Yeah, it's because, I mean, at least a year, this is years of work, you know. Um, and um, I don't know, like, it's kind of almost embarrassing, I guess, to admit that because, in a way, being published by them has given me a lot of credibility and the validity people will go oh, okay so you, we can take you seriously because you're published by these people and they publish a company um, and yeah but uh, what was I going to say but the thing is like I think I just want to reach into the computer and like update the, the update the covers like I'm really proud of both books and people that have read the book they always give a good reviews I mean uh, they gave uh, a lot of the season two. They gave a lot away for free, so I don't really know how many people have read it, uh, really. But like I, I, mean, I get a lot of positive responses, which is why I think God, I really want to be proud of these books by giving them great covers and you know doing a promotion. And oh God, there's so much stuff that there's so much you can't do when you don't have control over the prices. You don't have control over anything. I desperately want you to get those books back because they're, they're clearly, you know, you, you clearly have massive validation as a writer. So you ain't doing anything wrong as a writer because you wouldn't have had all that interest in, uh, in, in your books. But, but also, haven't you been let down badly as an author as well? I feel, yeah. And I think that's why they admitted that it hadn't gone well, which is why they're supposed to give me these new covers. But, you know, it's just, I'm, I mean, I'm, um, I, I'm quite impatient anyway, but like to wait six months or so for an email, I mean, come on, it's, it's quite painful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh God, no, I'm moaning now. Hey people, no, I'm really, I'm really positive about my future and what I can achieve, but hey, uh, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I really love both of books, so I really would like to, 
I'm going to one day definitely get them back out there with. Yeah, you, yeah. You definitely you need them back. You need to rebrand them. And but, yeah. but but then you see there's another lesson in here too, and it is a very positive one. And that is that you've created assets and put them out into the world. And just because for whatever reason they didn't fire off the first time, there's absolutely no reason why those books couldn't be huge bestsellers in the right environment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I believe it. I, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't sound negative, but I do think people should know, writers should know that, you know, traditional publishing, it, it's not, they have this idea of it, that it's going to, you know, you're going to be in W.A. Smith's front table, but all these books have been paid to be there. They paid, someone has paid loads of money for them to be in the shop window. And, like, I went to an author event locally, and, and uh, there was um, a lot of self-published authors. And one of them came up to me and was like, oh, well, you don't have to worry about anything because you've been published by Harper Collins. And you're like, my God, you have no idea, <laughs> you know? There's one more book. Before we move on to the hen part, there's another book I must ask you, which is in your rack of Amazon books, which is short stories for busy adults. Uh, what's that? Where did that come from? Oh, so um, in between Shop Girl Diaries, which is 2009, um, and my my next book, which is all the way in 2012, I mean, I was really frustrated that I hadn't managed to produce another novel. And and, um, I, all the way, like all all the way through my writing journey, I I would write short stories. Well, before I got like published first, I was always writing short stories and sending them to competitions. And I think um, every time I think, oh my God, this is impossible. I would, I would like either, you know, get a commendation or win something or be invited to, uh, to, you know, read one of these stories, uh, 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 short story night. So it was always a little, you know, like, oh, sorry, don't give up, don't give up. So, um, I had these 10 stories that had all been well received and, you know, and I've worked really hard on them. So I thought, well, I haven't got another novel, but why don't I just put these together and, and publish them? And yeah, no, and I, I remember, I remember selling 20 on my first day and thinking, ooh, this is fun. Um, so yeah, but I didn't do loads of promotion, but, um, but yeah, no, my, my husband took the photo of the, that front cover. Uh, it was quite good. And, um, yeah, it was a little something to keep me going, to, to, to have a go, see what, see what happens. <laughs> So you've been very productive. You've done the work. You've got the books out. You've had amazing feedback, but the sales have been disappointing. So when you come to your your next novel, what thoughts are going through your head by this stage? Well, um, by this stage, I have spent a lot of time uh, listening to the Creative Ten podcast, and like it was, it always sounded incredible, but I still wasn't sure, you know. Um, so I wrote this new book called The Hen Party, and it's set in Mallorca, and it took me. And I really, you know, I'm a massive fan of like Leanne Moriarty and Deborah. I don't even know how to pronounce her name. I love her so much. But Moga, is it? Oh, um, don't ask me. Yeah, bloke. Yeah, it sounds fine. Yeah. It's got a CH at the end. What do I do with that? I don't know. Um, but uh, so um, there was a lot of work, this book, a multiple character book, and I sent it off to my agent. And, you know, it's this thing of you wait a month. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we like it. I like it, but I don't know about this. So then I edited it, and then it went back, and then it went to publishers. 
And I got these, oh, yeah, it's great, but this. Oh, it's great, but that. So I was like, you know what? They're all saying but. The but is the same for all these people. And it was, they love the story, but, like, I had some problem with the character. Um, and so I, you know, I, like, had left it for six months by this point, And I looked at it, and I thought, you know what? They're right. So I rewrote it. And uh, I was very happy with it at the end. Like, it was a lot of work. Sent it off. You know, my agent was like, yeah, this is remarkable. Um, and I sent it to publishers again. And I, another two months, I don't know, this is like, I'm going to go to heading for a year now. Uh, and then they're like, yes, yes. I, I mean, I got this email, like, we love it. We love it. We love it. It's like the voice is so sharp. It's so witty. We love the characters. And then they're like, uh, but uh, we're not sure about the reality TV aspect because maybe that's possible. It was like something like that. So I was like, this is impossible. Mm. But 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 like they were, it was still out on submission. I was getting all this feedback and I was thinking, this book is good. Like, this is good enough. I know I can write. Look, I've got, I've been published before. Like, I don't think I can bear to wait any longer. I can't, because once that you'll get, like, what will happen is then, a publisher will pick you up. Then they'll go, well, uh, maybe you should change this. So then that'll be a few months. Then they will take another three or four months to come up with a cover. You're, you're looking at two years for a book to be published. I can't wait two years. Like, I've had enough. <laughs> but um, so that's when I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. Um, and I, uh, I had seen some editors online because obviously, you know, everyone, we all want to, produce the book that's equivalent in quality as a traditional published book. We, I mean, there are self people that, you know, publish, uh, click publish for, for anything, but, you know, and um, put any old cover, but, but the people that do it seriously, we all wanted it, you know, to look good. And, oh God, look, I'm ranting. Uh, <laughs> but obviously, you know, my dream as an 11-year-old was always to get the agent, to get the traditional book field, and to be in bookshop. So it was very hard to say, actually, you need to change this dream because this dream is not, you know, it's not really what it was going to be, what it was supposed to be, and, and, and I need to adapt my dream. And that's why I clicked send and sent it to a professional editor and spent 550 quid or something doing the last, the line editing. Because by then it was in pretty good shape. And that was a massively significant moment for me. Now, you mentioned there uh, my agent. And um, so um, let me ask you about this my agent element, because um, that's still very traditional. How, how is that working now? I mean, do you jettison the agent at the point at which you go um, self-published or do you still have an agent? And, and are they independent of the, the publishers? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, I mean, I guess I see myself as a, well, up until this point, I'm a hybrid author. I? I've got, done both, but I'm not sure what my future holds. I don't know what an agent can do, like, depending on my next decisions of what I do next. I don't know. I, um, right now, I mean, she kind of gave me her blessing and said, well, you know, do it. But she also um, basically said that it was pointless to self-publish. So, <laughs> and then I thought, wow, she hasn't listened to the creative then. <laughs> but a lot of people think it's pointless. I mean, they think that you're just going to sell one to your grand, don't they? So, so there's a whole, a lot of people don't know what, what you can actually do. 
um, and um, I'm now discovering, and I've only had the book out uh, less than two months. It's it's, uh, it's very exciting, frankly. You know. Okay, so let's talk about your experience. By the way, I just wanted to put it into context. You know, I, I consider myself to be a failing self-published author. Uh, you know, a, a tragically failing self-published author. Why? Well, but 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 uh, th- this interview's done me good because I've earned more than you did traditional. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a tragically failing self-published author, you know, so um, I always judge it by what I need to live on, and it's you know, and that's why I say tragically mm. failing, and I'm just nowhere, uh, yeah. nowhere near it. It's just not good enough, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that, oh. that's how I because I have to. I'm at a certain stage of life, you know, where, I, where it has to make me a certain amount of money, or I'm just not interested in it. Well, I'm not, I am interested in it, but I'm not interested in the money. Is what I'm saying. It fails to oh. excite me. Uh, you know, unless I can start paying some serious bills with it. So, I, but I consider myself to be tragically failing. Um, but, but it, it's very interesting for me to hear that I've earned several times more than what you've got from traditional. That would not be the typical perception. You know, I would have thought because you were you were traditional, you were way ahead on the earnings front. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, and I think that's why it's been very painful for me. Like, I mean, I, I'm the same. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I mean, you know, it was it, it was very painful. And I guess for me, in a way, I'm also I write for a magazine here on the island. Um, I write for ABC News, and I've been writing for magazines, and that gave me a lot of. Um, uh, it's been really nice actually because it makes me feel that I'm still making a living writing uh, all sorts of articles and and I'm not just thinking oh my god my book's not selling it's not like that it's like well I'm still making a living from writing now let's see how I can sell these books you know but, the, so, but I think what you have got and I think this is this is tremendous especially as you go into self-publishing now is you you've had say what I haven't had which is which is massive validation you know, I might be putting a lot of old rubbish out into the world but you've got you've got that massive validation from the traditional publishing industry. So you must be entering it with a a quite a high degree of confidence. Yeah, that's funny. I've always been quite – I'm lucky I've been very confident in my ability as a writer, I think. I'm very – maybe I'm lucky and confident in many other things in my life. But writing was that one thing that – from a young age, I, I felt that this was my thing because, uh, I mean, in school, I wasn't particularly, like, the bright one. I'm terrible at math, blah, blah, blah. But I won- <laughs> I don't know if it's influenced a lot, but I w- won this writing competition um, when I was very little. And, when I- and it just made me think, oh, this is the thing I'm good at. And I think, like, every time I've won anything and all that, uh, um, yeah, and, and just on my journey, there's always been this little nudge saying, no, you're good at this. Keep at this. So I, not being able to write isn't the thing that, that yeah. So I don't know. I guess I've been lucky in, in that. I'm confident. And also I'm prepared to take criticism in the sense I went to writing groups and I was willing to put my work out there. I feel sorry for people that I might just, you know, I want to urge people that are, are just like, oh, I don't know if I should do this, just to put your work out there, put it, like, show people your work, you know? Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Get off my soapbox. But I think, you can't be too precious because, as you've seen, I've written three, now four books, and I still feel like I'm getting started, you know? So you can't waste time with this one book that you're, like, laboring over and then not show it to anyone. But then, you see, you've also made an interesting point, I think, in that 
you also have to be careful that you're not paralyzed by the endless feedback of different opinions that you will get oh, yeah. when you do do that, you know, because if, you, you mm. can easily be paralyzed with your current book. If you'd have taken everybody's advice on board, there has to be a point where you say, do you know what? It's fine. You know, stop playing with yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's just some people that like, I mean, I don't go to writing groups anymore. And the last one, I really felt like they were trying to, each person was trying to turn it into their favorite genre. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't do it. I don't do that anymore. Um, I'm trying to think who did read it. I mean, this book, yeah, I think only my agent read it. Um, I think that really marked a change actually when you send off a book and you think, well, I'm happy with it, you know? Uh, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You can't over. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you have to, I call it fit to ship. It's good to ship. And I always think that there's a point at which, and again, you alluded to this, you know, that we want to have quality covers, we want to have it edited, we want it to be a, you know, the best product it possibly can be. And when I do talks about writing, I sort of say, you know, there's a point at which it's good to ship, it's fine, it's good to go, and then there's perfection. And what you're trying to do yeah. is get it from somewhere in between good to ship and perfection. And so long as it's in that zone, get it out there, you know. And, and but, yeah, but get an editor. Like, I mean, I do, I mean, I... I, there was no way I was putting a book out without, you know, paying for an editor. Um, so that was quite important because at least it's like some kind of quality control, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no? yeah. No, I think you've got. <laughs> I, I think. I think you have to put it through an editor. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't release. I do my nonfiction. Yeah. I'm happy with nonfiction without an editor. Though, I mean, yeah. I mean, by I mean, it has a proofread, but not an editor. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But um, I wouldn't release um, fiction without an editor. Not, not at all. No. Um, I think yeah. you've got to have that read uh, over it. Uh, you know, another pair of eyes scrutinising it uh, very thoroughly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about your self-publishing experience. Then you've you've clearly immersed yourself in in self-publishing podcasts and learning. What are your go-to places? Obviously, the Creative Pen, where we you know we all go to feed at the Creative Pen, I think. But what what else do you <laughs> use to get your your information and your learning from? Well. Um, Recently, well, when I decided I was going to do this, I've just, uh, I signed up for, I joined the Alliance of Independent Authors. Yep. Oh, you probably know that. You know? And so, I mean, their forum's great. But I think, um, it's, I couldn't even name apart from Creative Pen, like in the beginning of what, oh, they're all, oh, novel marketing, I think there was one. I was just, I'll just Google things and, and listen, um, to anything really. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I for Creative Pen, I want to give you a nice, long, juicy list of places, but really it was mainly the Creative Pen. <laughs> I think, I think... Which is why I've actually thanked her in the back of the book, not that I ever met her or anything. <laughs> well, I'm sure she'd be interested in you as a guest, actually, because of your hybrid um, career. You know, it's a very educative story. Um, you know, it's a very powerful story. And, I, and um, by the way, I'm going to link to your lovely article you did at the Alliance of Independent Authors uh, on your resources page, because that's a great article, uh, your sort of story, you know, written as, a, as an article rather than a, an interview. It's great. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll use that. Um, OK, so then what was the self-publishing experience like for you in terms of covers, uploading, yeah. doing the technical bits? Well, I've only, you know, it's only just, just come out this book. So, um, I, you know, I was going to, um, <laughs> when I knew I was going to do this interview, I thought, oh God, I better go and find out all the, the technical side <laughs> and sound really clever. Have you not, li- uh, have you not listened to this podcast? It's not technical. <laughs> no, I know, but I thought, 
I saw your list possible list of questions. But look, I'm, I mean, I'm very lucky because uh, I'm someone who, who wants to learn, you know, to feel empowered and learn everything. But uh, I am also married to a techie person um, who's a sound recorder, but, he, you know, he's also a graphic designer. He, um, he, you know, does everyone's websites, all the rest of it. One of those people. And I was going, looking in, I thought, well, I could spend a lot of time learning how to do this or I could pay someone to do it. And maybe I should pay someone to, like, you know, upload it on the Kindle, do all the ebook side of things. Um, and then he said, oh, don't be stupid. I'll do it. So he uh, did it on Calibre. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the, the ebook on, on Calibre. And then we, so I've got, I'm going to the paperback, uh, and I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for the Ingram now. But I, I decided after lots of reading uh, that I should do both, creative space, create space, Create space, isn't it? And Ingram but So we uh, sat together and did this creative space. Create, oh create space. <laughs> I'm mixing it up with the creative pen, aren't I? That's so we, we, yeah, we battled out with that one together because, yeah, it's uh, yeah, like sorting out the margins. And um, as for the cover, the cover also, we, I mean, uh, we did it ourselves in the end. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm quite happy with it though because it seems to be selling online quite well. On as, as it's quite a catchy cover. I don't know, no one can see it, but it's got like help in the sand made out of different objects that you might have on the beach. Um, and uh, we did that photo a few times <laughs> on different beaches. Uh, but obviously, uh, the learn big learning curve is. Do not put a border on your covers because obviously we need the, the bleed. But like you need to have, what do they say? It can change, can't it? Yeah, it's a nightmare. And so, uh, absolute nightmare. I've had like four different proofs, um, and yeah, I've got I've got them coming now, and hopefully they'll be okay. But it has been a bit of a nightmare getting the border really even. But. Um, yeah, but was there any other questions? Well, I want to I say one word to you, and that word is yeah. vellum. Vellum. You, um, have you not heard of the software, vellum? I have, but no, but tell me. You've got, um, you've got to get vellum, especially now in this paperbacks. Oh, the paperbacks, okay. Well, this is new. You talked about it recently, right? Vellum's been around for, for quite a long time, so it, it was brilliant. For it's just, it's just brilliant, right? I mean, I've done them all. I've done Calibre, Calibre, whatever you call it. I've, yeah. I've tried everything. I've done it with Word. I've been through everything that's available. And the minute I uh, tried Vellum for the first time, free books, I fell in love with it. It's such, it's enjoyable. It's actually, I mean, it, it really is enjoyable to format an ebook. And then I've yeah. also, I haven't pr- actually printed one. Uh, the next book I do is going to go through Vellum for print, but I've, I've, mm. done, I've done it. I've been through it, but I haven't actually uploaded it yet. In the print. Are you talking about the inside there, the formatting inside or, yeah. or like everything? Vellum, cover. Vellum does all of that for you. And, yeah. and it now does it for, for, for print <laughs> books. And it's brilliant. It's absolutely okay. amazing right now. I, I have fiddled with this. I know HTML. I could do all the geeky mm. stuff. And I hate it. And the minute I got my hands on vellum, you know, just pay for it. Just don't even you can you can do vellum one book at a time if you want. So I think it's like twenty nine dollars, you know, to do a book, or you could pay something yeah. like two hundred and fifty dollars, and you own the software for life. Mm-hmm. I just I just fell in love with it and just bought it because it's brilliant. 
Absolutely. I remember I remember you complaining about your I mean <laughs> So I warned my husband I said this is gonna be hard, you know. Uh but it, it wasn't too bad. It was mainly the the cover. But I, yeah, definitely I'm gonna write Vellum and Big now on my pad. But um but it was mainly the the border issues. Um but but you know what? It, it's good. I'm happy now, and I can't wait for them to arrive because my local bookshop wants them. <laughs> oh, brilliant! That's really exciting. So you've got a, you've got an ISBN on it as well, presumably. Yes, yes, of course. I read all about this, and I decided no, I'm owning my book properly. So yeah, I've got ISBN. Uh, this is this is very exciting, and of course, if you get those other books released, um, mm. then then you're all of a sudden uh, an author with well three. Four, four books. Will you go for the original book as well? Would you Would you repackage the the first the, book? The book that actually, you know what? I got an email. Now this is amazing. I've done little blogs and free articles, all sorts of things for people. And for someone, I don't know, they're a small self publishing company. I think they're French. And I got this email the other day saying, "Oh, uh, you have won a free book cover yes. with this designer." And I thought, "What?" And I checked out this designer, love, love what she does, and so she is going to get a new book cover for Shop Girl Diaries, so I will launch that at some point, relaunch it. Yeah, you've got, you, you've got to sweat your back catalogue uh, as, as much as you can, because you've clearly got, you know, some very um, good, strong assets there. I, I just think your stuff's going to fly. When you, when you find your audience um, self-publishing, your stuff's going to fly. I, I think it, it's quite clear that the only problem it's had is that it hasn't had the support of the publishers that you know that, that, that fiction's clearly excellent because yeah. you wouldn't have had that endorsement from them otherwise i'm very excited i spoke to emily before she was famous that's because because <laughs> i'm sure you know because these are these are great see i mean normally you'd call them i see they're actually listed as chicklet on 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 wattpad I don't think we use that anymore. Do we? Don't, I don't think we use that phrase anymore. But you see, these these would have, these appeal to me. I love your blurbs. They appeal to yeah. me as a bloke. I find them really. Yeah, compelling. yeah, yeah. I have a lot. Of, I have a few nice bloke readers. I have some great bloke readers that email me and say, "Quick, send it to me." So, and they don't. You know what? What I've noticed. So uh, I, I guess we're going to talk about marketing or, or later. But yeah, um, what I've you. noticed, uh, people. The people that have read my books before, they don't care. They don't care who published it. They don't care if my, you know, I published it or, and they don't even ask. They just want the book. So that's really nice. <laughs> Let's talk about the marketing then, because I bet from day one you were building an email marketing list, weren't you? Oh, God. This, <laughs> this, this, I'm only teasing. <laughs> this email marketing list thing is killing me, I tell you. I, I need, everyone goes on about it, and I've done. Um, I have a little email list, but um, the card, you know, this is also a reason why I want like a book back because at least I could like offer it for free, you know, because so I didn't want to start, maybe it's a small vision, whatever, but I did not want to put this book out, this new book, The Hen Party, for free because the people who are like do want it? They're the my, they're the ones that will pay for it. So I've, it seems silly to launch it for free when okay. So um, I haven't. I, I didn't. I haven't put it out for free anywhere. I put it out for two ninety nine um, as an ebook and eight ninety nine as a paperback. And um, so I began. I, I wrote to all the book bloggers that I had ever 
Yeah, spoken with about the other books. Who had ever reviewed the other books? I wrote to all of those to tell them my new book was out. I didn't even tell them it was um, self-published. I just told them this is my new book. And the people um, that had liked the other books, they're like, yeah, 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 you know. So I wrote loads of guest posts, um, and I did all those kind of things. And so I put it out, and it was ridiculous. I, I uploaded this book as an ebook, and then I went off for my brother's wedding and did nothing. <laughs> so then, obviously, it didn't sell in that week I was away. But when I got back, I was like, right, here we go. And um, I, I, I did what did I do. So I haven't actually got started on my marketing yet, but I did um, a week of, of book blog, uh, being on book bloggers, and I put it all on my social media, and I've been, you know, blogging and all the rest of it for eight years, and I, I just started, you know, selling, and I'm selling uh, books every day, um, the ebook, and I did, I did some Facebook ads, so that's the first thing I've done, literally, it's only been out, like, uh, a month and a half, and I've done uh, four weeks, like a month of Facebook ads, um, and I spent like five pounds a day or something, and um, I did the book blog. That's all I've done, and I'm selling books every day, and you know what? I'm happy. There's so many things <laughs> to do, but um, I think the, the difference is like in, in traditional publishing, it's a bit like you have this month where you've got to sell everything. It's like you make or, or break in the first month, whereas at least with this, you've got all these options and you can just, you know, okay, this didn't work, so I'm going to try this. And Yeah, I'm going to do a, I don't know if it's worth it, but I'm going to do a, a good read as well as giveaway because I have, I did that with a Steve retweet and I got like a thousand people saying, you know, they have to add it to their reading list, which gives it visibility as well. So I'm going to do that a few times. When I had the self, when, when I had um, the other book, the original published book, I would be checking my Amazon ranking because I mean you don't you can't you don't have a sales dashboard do you so you're checking your Amazon ranking and it's like it was at the beginning I think it was like the highest I think it went was nineteen thousand you know and then and now I realise like and then it would drop to sixty thousand a hundred thousand and that's when and that now like that I'm selling books and um, I can tell like you know that you can sell just one book. And, and it will go up thousands. And so really, I wasn't selling many books at all, you know? Uh, whereas now I can see, like, the motivation is just, like, having a sales dashboard. I'm basically back in my shop. I'm basically a shop girl getting excited about sales and thinking, oh, wait, I've only sold this many today. What can I do? Oh, I'm going to write a blog. Oh, I'm going to do this, you know? It's, it's, it's quite fun. <laughs> so, you, so using my podcast crystal ball, um, mm. What I reckon is going to happen is uh, because you quite clearly are a very, uh, you know, able uh, author, writer. And what I think is going to happen is you'll find your audience self-publishing. And then I think the traditional industry are going to come knocking back on the door again. That's what I think is going to happen for you. So mm. when they come knocking at the door, as they surely will, what are you going to say to them? Well, I don't know. I love having a say in my cover. I love being this creative director. Um, I feel just so much better just generally my energy is up i'm motivated i'm excited there was a time where i really felt like oh if they gave me enough money to buy my house on the island <laughs> no i don't know i don't think i would readily give up control thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys if you enjoyed the show please consider sharing it with your indie author friends or 
You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.